The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. is going on my ghost squad welcome to the armed citizen podcast live this is episode number 327 we are live as always uh, on youtube to over 150 countries worldwide if you're out there in the live chat go ahead and say something we don't know that you're out there unless you do if you're watching this in replay or especially if you're listening to this in podcast form the conversation does not have to stop right here utilize the comment section ask any questions make any comments saying hey you are one ugly freaker or this show sucks whatever leave them out there we'll uh we'll, we'll, we'll respect everybody and, and listen uh listen to everybody but like i said if you are out there in the uh, live chat go ahead and say something tonight we do a special guest we've got clover back here kind of running the board and, and going to be helping out co-hosting uh if you have any questions out there for our guest or for myself or whatever Go ahead and tag myself or Clover, and we'll try to get through those questions throughout the podcast. If you want to text into the show, yes, you can text into the show. Utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends at Wilder Tactical. Go check them out at wildertactical.com. That phone number is 530-364-4678. If you're a veteran, really anybody, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole, you're in the darkness, and you're looking for some light, Call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you medical advice, but I might be able to walk you through, talk you through some stuff. More importantly, could probably just be a pretty decent ear to listen to you. If you are looking to get towards someone that can get you some medical attention, remember two things. One, you are not alone in this fight. You have a lot of brothers out here that are willing and able to help you in any way possible. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please... Utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255. Veterans, press the number one. We are spotlighting, as always, the United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title of United States Marine, see the website, marines.com. And as always, we are a proud member of the, well, I guess I put that banner up there too, don't I? Uh, of the self-defense radio network and we're also pretty soon going to be added to the firearms radio network but right now we are still a proud member and always will be of the self-defense radio network um so go check out your favorite pro gun pro to a podcast over at selfdefenseradio.net let me get this off of my ugly mug and say hello to everybody out there uh real quick before we bring in our special guest and let's say hello to the shotgun writer himself and he even throws out there gonna be a lot of tactical talk tonight ouch yeah i don't know you know clover might uh, get a little rash you know i get rashes when he talks shotguns and revolvers and all of that uh he gets a little bit of a rash when we talk tactical gear but yeah he is here as always from the great state of texas the tactical virus i mean leprechaun himself what's up Clover? hey man not a lot not everything a lot. good 
Yeah, Good. dropped uh, finally dropped the last video from shot today. Uh, oh yeah, nice, bit, nice, bittersweet. Nice. And I say from shot, it was the Wolverine event. So folks need to go well, check that shot out. Shot week. There's especially. a lot of stuff that encompasses shot week. You know. Yeah, when they get done with this live stream. Go check that one out, especially the end. Especially yes. the end. That was the coolest. Yes. Part. Uh, burp. That's all yeah. I gotta say. A lot of burp, wasn't it? A lot of burp. And Chris knows he just he heard that his his face lit up. He knows what Bert means. <laughs> uh, and our special guest tonight is a good friend for man five six years now. We met at shop maybe 2018, 2019, something like that. Uh, uh, twenty twenty, I think. Twenty twenty, okay. Yeah, so it's been four years now. That's crazy. It seems like long, but it's also seems like it was yesterday. Uh, from HRT Tactical Gear, we got our, our buddy Chris. We got. I'm surrounded by Chris's tonight. I don't think I like this. I don't like this at all. Uh, you've had a busy time, obviously, uh, since shot and all of that. Were you guys uh, headed up to Great American as well, or did you skip that one this year? Uh, so we did not get a chance to do the Great American. Uh, we're a pretty small company when compared to others out there. Uh, it'd be nice. You know, to have actually had a chance to make it, but you got to kind of pick those battles and go with the places that you know you're going to be able to go. So, uh, for those that aren't aware, Shot is a very expensive place to yes. be. Uh, there's benefits to it, though. One, it yeah. helps you get your information out there, gets gets the face out there, gets the name out there, gets the brand out there. But I think one of the things that a lot of people never really think about SHOT is it's one of the greatest networking opportunities. So even if you're a large company, a small company, small creator, large creator, uh, you're pretty much going to want to go there just to create those networking opportunities. Yeah, and the last several years, you guys, we, we when we say this in, in the nicest way, we call it the dungeon, and it's my favorite <laughs> place. But you guys actually moved up to the law enforcement and military room this year. Uh, is I'm assuming that was a, another added expense, or was it roughly the same, or what? So in 2022, we call the the dark year because of COVID. Yeah. And we can all remember the first couple days of uh, basically the Nazis coming around saying, hey, put on your masks and all this other stuff. Yep. Um, and that was actually the first year that we attended shot not under another banner. Yeah. So the company got started officially 2019. We did a booth with another company. Um, and as a small business, you're never going to do everything alone. It's just... I yeah. want to say that it, it's not that it's impossible, but it takes time to build. So we were really lucky. We had connections with other companies at the time. They asked, hey, look, you guys are building more kit than we are. So would you guys be willing to help take up a portion of our booth? So 2019, 2020, we kind of piggybacked into their booth. 2021 was canceled. Yeah. Uh, then 2022, they brought everything back and we were like, look, we've got to stand on our own. We can't just consistently ask others to help out. So we did go to the dungeon for one year. Yeah. Uh, I think probably within 20 days, uh, the NSSF reached back out and they were like, Hey, uh, we got one empty booth at this level. Uh, it's mm. much extra. And we basically said, Hey, look, 
if you don't get the ability to be seen, it's yep. going to be really hard to grow. So it was worth the investment. And I think that's where we're going to stay. It's a really good spot. Well, I think for, for you guys and knowing you guys and, and, and the products that you put out, I think it's actually a perfect spot for you. Um, I mean, obviously the commercial consumer is, is a big part of it, but I mean, the, the LEO side of things I think is, is probably a, a big part of your business as well and all of that. So I, I think it's a good spot for you. That's just me. Well, a lot of people, they're not really familiar with our history. Uh, so we started out as a training company. Mm-hmm. We worked with a lot of different law enforcement agencies. Uh, we did different things, uh, less lethal. We had connections within the industry kind of worked as doing a lot of stuff that no one really wanted to do, but then we did civilian classes on the side. Um, and then we started to regrow the training side around 2015. And we started bringing in guys from SWAT teams so that they could start doing more SWAT based training. And then we started looking at, well, let's transition over to gear. Yep. Um, and since quite a few of the guys that were on the training side, what they were more interested in was not so much the military side. They were like, sure. look, everybody in a SWAT element, they're pretty much using military specific kit. It doesn't mean that that isn't going to be a functional set of kit, but we have different mission sets. We do things a little bit differently. Let's start looking at something that can be more towards law enforcement. And that's actually when we really started marketing to more so being a South Central Ohio location. Um, And then eventually the company really started to grow within that community. We started to pick up more on the civilian side. Um, And as time has gone along, we've actually started to increase sales to individual military veteran communities really started to uh, basically start to purchase because we get a lot of requests from them saying, hey, do you guys offer vet discounts? And we do offer certain discounts for certain groups and stuff. So if you are out there and you're like, hey, I'd really like to buy this, but, you know, it's just a little bit out of my price range, reach out and we can see what we can do for you, especially if you've served. We think it's a, we think it's a fair deal. So, Yep. No, and you guys, if you've been watching the channel, uh Love working with Chris and HRT. Uh, my go-to uh, carrier is uh, the rack plate carrier. Um, that uh, it's actually in my vehicle. I was I didn't even think about bringing it in tonight, which would have been really, really great. But I did have the. Well, let me put this right here first. I've got the belt system and this is I, i've got the uh the belt system here a video um and i tell you what it is the um the arc belt but it is by far the lightest we're going to jump into some products here in a second uh chris but uh it is definitely i i i go through a lot of belts and i'm hard on my belts and and, and i I'm, I'm a kind of a junkie for those things um but for sure, it is the lightest, hands down, um, war belt. I'll bring this up real quick and and just do this. And what I love about it is is it's basically just the Tegris in a in a in a, in a very lightweight um, skin, if you will. 
um, to that, that Tegris is such a lightweight. I, I don't know, I'm assuming it's Tegris. I'm pretty sure it's Tegris, but it's that it lightweight is. skeleton Tegris that is so lightweight, but it's so durable and you can customize this belt, uh, as much as you can. And, and I know that the initial, uh, conversation that you and I had, Chris, we, we talked quite a bit when this belt first came out and I said, either I'm not dumb or this is not easy to put to, you know, and I said, I'm probably dumb. Um, and I know that you guys have made strides the last couple of years to, to, to the putting it together and, and, and videos that shows and all that. Once you get the knack of it, it is pretty easy. It's just, you've got to figure it out at first. At least I did. And I wasn't smart enough. Uh, then you guys sent a video and I was like, okay, well that makes a lot more sense. Um, but this is a fantastic belt. I don't know if you want to start in the belt, but since we've got it on here, um, how has the belt gone for you in the last couple of years? Actually, we were initially, when we did the design, we wanted to do something that was unique. It was actually a concept more so than anything else. It's like everybody's moving to more rigid belt systems. Nylon's mm -hmm. a little bit more bulky. We had access to the laser cutters plus Tegris, and, and we wanted something that was going to be light, rigid, but also contour cut. So every nylon mm -hmm. belt that you're going to buy, they're almost always straight. There's nothing in sense wrong with that, but they're all eventually going to build that contour over time. But it yeah. also led to sag components where your pistol is heavier, so it will start to kind of pull in and pinch down on the belt. So yep. the lead designer on it, he wanted something that could go towards the law enforcement side, but also be a really useful belt for people that just want to do range day events, but they want to cut down on the weight. Um, people that were looking for competition shooting, because we actually got some good feedback from some competition shooters. And we were like, can we actually build a hybrid between something tactical as well as something competition that doesn't just look like another competition belt. Um, so we did some testing on the initial designs. We made a few small changes, uh, but I think in the end, we came up with something that worked. But yeah. if it hadn't been for us designing the magazine pouches, we yeah. never would have pushed the belt. So um, when I got my belt for testing and review for the T&E, Mine was already put together. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's nice. why when you reached out, I was like, hold on. Let me find somebody <laughs> that's put like eight of these together. So yeah, he got me in touch with the engineer, that. and he was like, um, well, it's, it's, you got to do this. I said, okay, like, I know for you it sounds simple, but I eat crayons, and I need for you to speak. Like, I need to marine-proof this. And he goes, okay, so if you do this and then that, I was like, that's what I needed to know. Yeah. Like I said, once you get the hang of it, it's easy. It was just that first, like, couple threads. You're like, okay, I'm not getting this. But, uh, no, what I do love about it is, is it is, like you said, it's incredibly lightweight. It's hands down the lightest um, belt, but it doesn't give – away any structural integrity it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's flimsy at all it's 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 a very very uh durable and all that it's just light which is you guys you know this every ounce on your hips is like a pound on your back so you're trying to minimize any extra weight now our friend kyle out of anderson manufacturing says he sees a lot of the hrt gear at the guardian run last year he says guys are swearing by the belts so 
uh, it's good to hear that stuff, you know? Well, actually, the same guy that I basically connected you with, he goes yeah. to a lot of the running guns, um, and he does a really good job of basically chatting with as many people as he can, trying to showcase the kit, do a lot of that stuff. And yeah. that's actually where we do a lot of T&E for the products that we're bringing out, um, because if you've ever done one of those events, one, it's taxing, tiring, so if you're going to find cherries anywhere along the body that's where you're going to find them um if you're going to find integrity issues in the product that's where you're going to find it at um so we try to get out to as many of those as possible we also do some sponsorships for those because it takes a lot of organizational components for those groups to put those things together um, and a lot of times they allow the guys that we send out to do it the day before, and then they will kind of help pay back by being range safety officers because Absolutely. you've never done it. It's an absolute blast. Um, but from a gear maker's perspective, it's an excellent proving ground to try to prove that this is a good concept of operation. Yeah, and, and this is just how I have mine. It's it's a minimalist uh, setup, but that's kind of what I like. Uh, with the HRT, you got the uh, rifle mags, and I put my pistol mags in front of them. So, um, but you can see those right there. I love the Cobra buckle. I'm a big Cobra buckle fan. And then I I chose to use the uh, um, and it's 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 one of those uh, QLS. Uh, holsters from um, uh, well, whatever the hell their name is, um, I don't remember their name, but I used I have about ten of these. And um, Safari Land, maybe? Safari Land. Good lord! <laughs> yeah, thanks. It hasn't been that long <laughs> be day for me, but apparently it's been long enough. Me. But uh, that's this is my minimalist setup. So I, I love it because you go back here, you can put med kit, you can put magazines, you know, pouches all over, whatever you want. Um, and it's, it's very, very simple. Um, but yeah, I, I use, um, rifle and pistol all in one. And then the, the Safari land QLS, um, I run that. Like I said, it's a perfect weight. Um, so I, I'm loving it. Uh, Kyle is a Marine also, uh, Kyle, Chris is, is a, is a jarhead as well. So, um, you know, um, yeah, yeah, for, for all you jarheads out there, Chris is is a crayon eater as well, which is nice to be able to have a brother in uh, that's doing really good work. And obviously, we try to support all veteran companies, but especially Marine, uh, Marine either owned or run or operated companies. As long as there's a tie, we're always trying to look into helping them out as well. Like I said, I've known Chris for now going on four years, and uh, he's a good friend, and we always enjoy. You came on the Ghost and Clover podcast this year. Uh, live at Shot Show, which I think was a really fun one. I uh, hope you guys had fun with that one as well. Yeah, that was definitely a hard act to follow with Ron talking about all of his uh, yeah. uh, willingness and capability to give back to society. But in all honesty, I, I definitely thought that that is the way that companies should actually operate. Um, if yep. you're making profits, you're doing well, you should be sharing the profits in some form or fashion to help do goodwill. Um, yep. A lot of companies, they're not just working an eight-hour day uh, to make ends meet. They may be doing 12, 15 hours a day, especially in a small company environment. 
but that's sometimes what it takes. Yeah. Um, so to see him being able to go from what he's doing with Rikers plus doing other things, very inspirational, glad that he can actually do that. And it just makes other companies want to be better. Yeah, for sure. Uh, guys out there real quick, make sure if you guys have any questions on any of the products or the company or for Chris, um, at all, go ahead and put them out there. We're going to make sure we get those questions to Chris and have them answer them right here in live uh to you guys directly so um we talked about the arc belt uh what what do you want to talk about next i know you guys had a couple products with the light and everything it shot is that something you want to touch on now or what, what, which where do you want to go from here so after 2022 we had the advanced weapon light system a lot of people like to call it the nipple light because it yep. uses the omnidirectional activator. Um, that was actually a happenstance uh, thing that we came across. Valhalla Tactical, um, if you've never heard of that company, oh, yeah. another oh, yeah. small company in Columbus, Ohio. We've always had a really good working relationship. We wanted to do a light system based off of the ODA because it was one, it was unique, but it was also capable of being used for multiple types of things. And we really liked the fact that it built in a redundancy component. And a lot of people really don't think about it. Um, you know, Surefire, one tail cap that they do, they do have a redundancy component to it, but it's really hard to access. And that's not talking bad about Surefire. They're a great company. Yeah. Um, but we also wanted to do something that was going to be able to reach out and give good illumination at distance. And I think that was the hardest part with the light. And I think that's probably the most expensive R&D we've ever had to go through. Uh, plus, doing prototypes and then doing the building, then the T&E, and then getting the feedback, and then doing the torture tests, making sure that it's going to survive. Um, and then trying to maintain that. Uh, so from the time that it was released to the time that it is now, we really have a hard time trying to keep certain models in stock. For us, yeah. that's, that's a great thing. But sure. just so that everybody is aware, we work diligently to consistently stay on top of inventory, making sure that we're trying to get those pieces built out as quickly as possible. But we also have a QC process that we try to maintain. Um, and we understand that no product is perfect. So all of our products, whether it's an electronic or whether it is a sewn nylon or even the belts, we do offer lifetime warranties on those products. So if you get a product and it's faulty, we will make sure that we take that product back and we will get you a working product. Um, and a lot of people ask, well, if the product's broke, can I keep it? Um, and the reason why we need that product back is because we can't make the product better unless we can figure out what it was that was going on with it. Because even in machining, there's a lot of cases where the machining, it's all done by a computer in a lot of cases, but there's always the issues where the tools may not be consistently perfectly utilized. And we want to make sure that we can figure out what type of transitions need to be done for those tools. 
Yeah. Uh, a couple of questions out here. Uh, Clove, uh, I saw a couple here from Sykes and from other people. If you want to go over those or you me to go over them. Uh, you can take, take them away. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Sykes wants to know, do you have a, 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 a combo light with an IR um, white light combo? And I know that you guys were working on some bump uh, helmet lights I saw it shot, but uh, I don't know if those are out yet. Are they not? All right, uh, to start the first question, do we have an IR white light combo? Uh, the answer for the short term is no. We have looked at the possibility. One of the biggest issues with trying to do something that is a uh, dual spectrum type head, there's a lot of copyrights in place. Uh, so what is the most simplistic <laughs> design? are generally the ones that are the most copyrighted. So yep. if you yep. were to try to move into that design, the problem would be you would have to pay that company to utilize those designs. So we try not to just be a knockoff company doing what other companies are doing, and we try to be original. Um, but we have put it on a drawing board to look at the possibility of doing it. I would put it at the lower 30 percent right now um yeah. and the question was asking about the strobe slash marker um yeah. as of right now they are still in a prototype design there's a few small changes before we start moving into testing and evaluation um for those who are not aware of shot show a lot of the components that vendors or exhibitors will put out there is one just to give the intention that that company is really trying to put that out onto the market. Um, but the other thing is to get feedback from Absolutely. people that are attending. Um, that's one of the best places to get those feedback because you have a lot of professionals from different backgrounds. And those are the guys that are going to be able to say, Hey, have you guys thought about this? Have you thought about that? Um, or, hey, this is just, a, it's a great idea, but there's just too much going on with it. Can you simplify it? Um, and that's where we're currently at with that. Um, we noticed that there were a few things that certain people were like, yeah, that's overkill. So there might be a few things that we showed at um, the show, but we're going to try to simplify a few things and make some adjustments on yeah. the, uh, the structural components. Um, but I think as far as the programmable components to it, that's definitely going to stay the smaller size, the rechargeable capability of it, yeah. um, things like that. Those are definitely going to stay in the final design. The waterproof capability, that's definitely staying in the design as well. So we want to build something that is going to be affordable, that is going to be capable. And one of the most interesting thoughts um that we got feedback on was wow for the price that you guys are looking at putting this out for i could buy one or two and i can put this on my dog's rig and then that way if we're running operations or if i take it home at night and i'm just letting it out i could yep. put this on theirs and i can kind of see where they're going so well and, and there's a part of it that um that when i stopped by the booth and all of that i was really loving it is it's not just for operators. It's not for just military or law enforcement. You go hunting, you go fishing, you go hiking. You know, what happens if you get separated from your group or something happens and 
your group gets stuck on a hillside somewhere because of weather, these strobes could help people find you as well. And it's not, like I said, it's just not to put on top of your helmet and have it as a strobe. It, it's a strobe that can be used in so many different ways. Uh, what if your car is broken down the side of a highway late at night and for some reason your battery's dead and now you don't have your hazard flashers? You can throw those back there on the back of a vehicle. I mean, there's all sorts of things. And for the price that you're talking about, you can buy a few of them and, and, and not break the bank, which is great. Well, that's the whole point of it is I think you hit the nail on the head 100%, Trey. If you are looking at something uh, that is simple, that can be used both civilian as well, tactical, or even those that are looking at it for training-specific tools. Um, but if you've kind of followed the way that like search and rescue has really started to convert more to drones um, and they're using a vis based drone sometimes they'll use thermal based drones and then sometimes they can use a multi-spectral drone that can go into the near infrared um, any one of those color options especially in a strobe would definitely pick up on a multi-spectral or vis so just something you can look at and i think that's a great example of the or the uh, the usability of that product Absolutely. Um, Kyle out there from Anderson, he wants to know, talking about the belt, and I already answered it because I knew the answer, but he just wanted to know, uh, is the belt water resistant because his current belt setup kind of retains some water. With this Tegris in the uh, in the really thin nylon, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So another thing coming from an amphibious background, once I was talking to the engineer and he said, yep. hey, look, this is hydrophobic. I'm like, all right, talk to me like I eat crayons. He goes, it's, it's, in essence, <laughs> right. it's waterproof. But well, there just is, say waterproof, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, waterproof I get to it. a certain point. Uh, yeah. Cordura is a nylon, and even though we do use a double-sided nylon Cordura with it, there is some <laughs> minimal water absorption components to it. But it's not going to be like the traditional nylon belts yep. where if you do something where um, I know Kyle was talking about doing like guardians and things like that. There's a couple stages where you may have to traverse across a river or creek or some type of water. Um, so you're going to be kind of miserable, a little blistery towards the end of that event, but the belt, it should stay mostly dry. So. Uh, Clover wants to know, does a belt have a fiberglass engine and run on water, man? That's an old 70s show uh, throwback. Absolutely. Runs on water, man. <laughs> Didn't we wish that could have actually been true? Oh, or who gosh. knows? Maybe it was. Maybe. You never know. Uh, Minotaur character says, in the, uh, he's he's my favorite coast. He's, I, I, I judge him, but he's a coastie. It is what it is. But he said, in the GAR, we used to quick flash strobes for search and rescue. It's pretty clear signaler device. Absolutely. Once again, you can use this for so many different things. Um, Big Al out there wants to know uh, uh, maybe a tact light for a, a Picatinny rail on a pistol. Uh, you guys think about getting that game at all? So to answer Big Al's question, uh, we have thought about it. Now, thinking about it and actually getting it on the drawing board and moving it into kind of the RD side, a little bit of a different thing. However, we did use a mod light body and we attached it to a pistol and we took our head 
And then basically whatever the holster was that would run with a mod-like body on a pistol, it did hold inside of that holster. So as of right now, we've got to take things uh, kind of a little bit slow. And I do appreciate the questions because that kind of yeah. piques the interest on things that we can look at for the future. But um, as far as electronics go, electronics are the most expensive to do R&D on. Yes, um, and you've got to bring in experts to understand this way better than some of us do. Um, but yeah, it, it's something that we have discussed, but that wouldn't be something that you would probably see at 2025 or 2026. Who knows? Maybe 2027. That might be something that we can get into. Um, our goal is to really refine the AWS as well as the upcoming HLS. Um, it's basically our handheld. Um, so once those two are firmly on the market, which the AWS is, and once the AHLS comes onto the market, then we can start looking at, you know, an R&D process to look at a possible pistol light. However, here is one thing I will say. You do have to look at the market, look at yeah. who you're going to be competing with, and then say, can we bring something to the market that is going to actually better or be able to compete with what's already on it. And I think sure. right now with pistol lights, that's a really tough challenge. It I wouldn't is. put it past the guys that do a lot of the engineering stuff because we have quite a few that are actual engineers that work for the company or partners or owners. Um, but again, it's just it's a really hard thing to do when you look at the current market. So Well, and you're looking at companies you know a few years ago well let's say 10 years ago it was you know surefire and it was surefire and it was surefire and now you've got companies like streamlight which i'm a huge fan of streamlight coming in making amazing products at half the price yeah. of surefire and it's like okay like you said do we want to take our time and our resources which time is a huge resource but time and resources to go after something that we don't know if we can really break into that market because it is kind of saturated with some of the, and with some of the Chinese companies that are out there, the light game is starting to get kind of saturated a little bit. Uh, or do we take our time and resources and focus on other things like carriers, like the IFAX, like I, I tell you what, uh, and I can't wait, but um, briefly, we're just talking about the, uh, the windbreaker. That's just something that's kind of cool as hell. I mean, it's just something that, is um doesn't take a lot for r and d i'm assuming and um i'm gonna bring this up here and and share my screen on this one um boop share there you go um now you're sold out of the multi cancer people out there i'm sure you'll maybe getting some more in but as of as of a couple of days ago you were sold out of multi cam is that correct uh, actually, we weren't just sold out of multicam, but Ranger Green pretty much cleared out almost right after multicam. But any time you look at the tactical side, multicam and Ranger Green are generally going to be your fastest selling products. I love, um, green. Oh, I, I call it OD Green because uh, that's just, but yeah, I love the green. I, it's something, I've got so much FDE and, and black that, 
the multi-cam, but the green is something you don't see a lot of companies going after sometimes, and I love it. So one thing that I've always found interesting about green is green isn't always a tactical color because when you start True. looking at outerwear, green can be a really common color, even if it's ranger green or olive drab. It can still fit in with just a normal-looking color. Uh, black, same way. Coyote, in theory, can get close to it. Um, but patterns, you know, they stand out. Some call them Gucci flage, depending on the pattern. However, I do know that for some of the new stuff, um, we talked to a lot of people at Shot about this, which was, hey, what new patterns are you going to bring out eventually? And yeah. um, we are in discussion since the, 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 the windbreaker has done really well in a short period of time. We are going to restock hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, but the idea is to slowly but surely start expanding with different patterns. Um, and one of the ones that we are kind of bouncing around right now is M81. I know some huh. people, they love it. And I, the other but I love, the God, I love God's plaid, you know? But, yeah, once we can get a restock, and I'll be honest, we had no way – to think that it For those was one that's the woodland design which is i we call god's plaid but it's phenomenal chocolate chip i think would be great for those that of us that was on my list <laughs> uh clover is saying um real tree please uh and then we got wes out there saying tiger stripe um so yeah yeah, the, the biggest issue with trying to come out to the market with a new pattern is getting a company that's producing the material. And the idea behind the windbreaker was something that was light, something that was, you can throw it in your EDC backpack or you can leave it in your vehicle. Um, but yeah, Woodland is definitely something that is popping up on the board. Um, and I think we will probably move in that direction. Don't hold me to it at this second. Um, but yeah, the, the goal right now is to basically start getting that production line streamlined so that we can stay in stock as much as possible. You're talking about under $35 for this thing. And like I said, it, it rolls up and it comes in like a little pouch bag that you can throw in. Uh, your, your your go bag, keep it in your vehicle. I mean, for for that kind of price, get two or three of them and stage them in different vehicles or whatever. They're 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 um, they're great. So I'm looking for, uh, yeah, thirty five bucks, thirty four ninety five. I mean, you can't beat that. Um, well, the whole idea behind the design was something lightweight, something that's going to be easy to maintain in a consistent area. And I think you said it also, which is, hey, if you buy one, why not get a second one? Because, yep. hey, if you've got the wife or, you know, you've got a son, who knows, you might be out on a hike one day and then the wind picks up or just a little bit of rain. Now, they weren't designed to be a rain jacket, but uh, most windbreakers, they do have some water resistant properties to them. However, if it's outside of uh, 10, 15 minutes, um, it would probably go beyond its capability. So, absolutely, uh, Clove. I know you got a question back there. Come on with it. Yeah, with um, with the textile, with the fabric, without giving away any trade secret, can you go into what 
type of uh, fabric or textile the windbreaker is? So what it's I'll be to, honest maybe? with you, Clover. I'm I, I don't do a lot of the back end design. You're not a seamstress. Uh, Come on, man. I'm not a seamstress. I do apologize. Um, no, it is a uh, a lightweight nylon. Um, I think it's a. 70 Cordura, or 70D Cordura. 70D, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so okay. it's a very lightweight system, um, and because of its lightweight, it does fold up to an extremely small package, um, and, and that was the goal that we were going for. Um, and then there were other components to it in the design. One was a non-traditional pocket system. Um mm -hmm. If you're doing a pullover, and a lot of times if you're wearing a plate carrier, that lower pocket area can kind of get caught up depending on the torso length of an individual. If you're shorter like me, then the pockets are harder to get to. So we went with a chest pocket design, and inside the chest pocket, there's also two smaller pockets where you could put your cell phone or even fit a rifle magazine. So mm -hmm. if you wanted to thing that you can carry a little bit on you those are also options with it um and then another component that we were really debating during the building process was it's got to be the hood needs to be big enough to fit a helmet under Absolutely. so that had to be part of the design process and then finally we wanted something that wasn't going to be too bulky in the front of the hood because most parkas, they do have that rigid, rigid uh, projection to it. And that kind of reduces a lot of your uh, peripheral vision. And that's one of the things why we went with the elastic around the hood. Um, we went with elastic around the wrists. So that way you have a consistent lock up. And then on the bottom, wanted to add in a bungee slash shock cord option so you could tighten it up, um, but also have a slightly lower portion on the rear so that way if you sit down, it's not going to just be getting caught up. So got a little bit of extra stuff on the back as well. Absolutely. We got uh, some questions about the jacket. Clove, uh, did you finish up? Do you have something else you want to bring up? Oh, I just, he was talking about the, the hood and your peripheral. And you'll yeah. remember this from range day. So I had a wonderful oh, yeah. coat that I bought this year specifically for the trip to, you know, shot and knowing that range day tends to be cold or windy. And of course <laughs> I wore it. And the hood on that thing is exactly like you're talking about. Warm, wonderful coat. I'm not knocking it at all. But the hood, when I had that hood on, it drove me insane with the loss of peripheral. Like yep. ghosts, the other ones would be walking beside me. I couldn't even see them. I didn't know if they were behind me, three or four steps or ten <laughs> steps, or they were right there, and it drove me insane. So kudos Absolutely. for thinking about that issue with the hood for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, that was one of the reasons why it, it's nice to be a smaller company. Um, you, you can kind of – take a list of a lot of your pet peeves and things you want to kind of avoid. Um, but then there's also what does the market demand? Um, so we took a chance. Um, hopefully we're getting a lot of good feedback from those that are purchasing. Um, I know that I've still got some that I need to get out to the ones that I still have in stock. So a lot of good stuff coming down the pipeline with it and hopefully yeah. better patterns. Um, so as we grow, 
uh, we would like to expand this line and who knows, maybe two years down the road, we might have a version two to add on to it based on customer feedback. So, yep. Uh, Sykes out there uh, says, obviously, he doesn't go to, uh, he needs a big boy size. He needs a 4X. Right now, it goes with XL, I think, uh, maybe double X. So, we are looking at the possibility of doing a limited run, uh, maybe an extra five per uh, restock. Um, that would be one of those things that, being a smaller company, we kind of have to put it into perspective. Yeah. Um, but that's always something that we can discuss because we do get a lot of people where we get uh, lifestyle products and they'll come back and they'll say, hey, I like the sweatshirt. Do you have yeah. it in a double XL or do you have it in this? Um, so we are trying to listen. Uh, we do understand, you know, that there's some guys out there that, you know, got a little bit more. No, maybe maybe if you if you put it out there in your social medias or something saying, hey, guys, those of you interested in the big boy sizes, double X through 4X or whatever, uh, we're going to do a quick run, but they need to be pre-sold. And maybe well, that, that gives you an like idea. The, that could be an interesting thing, a way of doing it, you know? And that's something that we've actually discussed, and I'm glad you brought that up, which was when you do have lifestyle products, they sell differently than your tactical products. Um, so we could do pre-orders and offer the possibility of like a 2XL. But again, that's something that goes through the sales guys. Um, I get input that I can pass on to them. They have their department. I deal with the branding. I'm the one yep. that's lucky, though. I get to go out and have these awesome conversations with you guys, yep. chat with people that are buying the kit, go to the shows, actually sit down and listen to their feedback. And then take and that back to the guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's where I really enjoy the part that I do, which is, hey, look, I'm just a messenger. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm not only a messenger for the company, I'm a messenger to the company. So. Absolutely. Uh, Sykes says, hell, he'll double the price if he can special order one. You know? <laughs> um, this is something that Wes brought up there out there, and I'm assuming maybe for hunting reasons, wants to know if the jacket's kind of quiet. I, I, I don't know. He didn't put any context, but I'll assume maybe for the hunters, they don't want Something that's going to be really loud every time they move, animals can hear whatever from however far away they are. I don't know, but uh, it wants to know if it's a fairly quiet jacket. Um, and that's actually a really good question, um, especially when you're dealing with nylon. Um, I've been wearing mine for about two and a half months now. Yep. Um, unfortunately, if you live anywhere in the Midwest over the past two and a half months, it's been kind of chilly, but I still try to wear it. I'll just put a couple base layers underneath. And I wanted to figure that out as well. And from what I have discovered, it is a quiet jacket. Um, now, if you're doing like rubbing with the nylon on nylon, there will be some sound. But, you, but, you're but gonna that's going to happen. You, yeah, that's right. going to happen. And it's not like the same material in the thicker corridor or the woven corridors where it's more for rainproof. And yes, those do have that kind of uh, kind of high pitch sound as you're moving. Um, yep. This is no more sound than what you would with, say, a pair of jeans or a pair of um, there you go tactical pants. So. Absolutely. Uh, Wes also was looking to get some of the presidential patches, but they're sold out. 
he wants to know are the one of the presidential patches coming back in stock <laughs> um so the issues with patches uh the patches are just a fun way for us yep. to do something different um yep. but i i'll make you a deal i will re uh send this information back saying people are interested uh about every quarter we try to do some new patches uh, cool. we have specialty patches that we do put up for sale but if you do buy a plate carrier um then we have other patches that we send uh, out with those yeah but, my plate carries in my vehicle and it's got the hrt patch on there absolutely yeah. but yeah i i hate to say it but the presidential patches they they had a pretty good run so yeah um we want to talk about next um, obviously that the carrier systems is kind of what you guys kind of made your mark with um is that what you want you want to go to the carrier systems or do you want to go to the ifac or what sure we can cover the carrier systems um and we get a lot of questions um more specifically like saying hey look your hrac has been on the market since 2019 uh, yeah. The rack has been on the market since 2020, 2021 is when it was finalized and made it to the market, but it kind of yeah. was early sales in late 2020. Yeah, um, and that's so what I, that's rack. what I run. And I love this. I've got the, the Maximus placard, uh, which is a phenomenal touch to it. But yeah, this thing, um, it's as good as any carrier out there, hands down. I love the thing. And what I love about it is, and it sounds bad, I know there needs to be plastic on some of the buckles and all that, but you guys have minimized the plastic because plastic breaks. Um, and what I love about it is you have plastic in areas that you can be reinforced with covering them and all of that to where it's not necessarily going to be exposed. Uh, obviously, there just has to be plastic on there for, for weight considerations. But that said, uh, that said, um you minimize the use of the plastic it's very very rigid it's very very durable uh and like i said there's other we'll, we'll go through the different plate carriers but the rack is is what i run guys and there's videos on my channel with it on many many i use it in many 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 videos on there and, and uh, i love this thing so um um you want kind of just kind of go through I'll, I'll put them all up here you can kind of go through um the differences, if you will, uh, of, of what, what each one is. So on each of the ones that you have displayed there, um, the most recent and the most new that we have in the system is our LBAC system. So that was the load-bearing adaptive carrier. Uh, as you've seen with the belt, it does have that Tegris interface. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the things that we wanted a shared compatibility uh, between belt and plate carrier was when you're wearing it, you're not going to have your cummerbunds or the belt, for that matter, to start to have that loop or that drag or that droop to it. So it does have a tongue or tail capture, however you wish to refer sure. to your tips. Um, but those go into slots and the cummerbund. So if you need to wear plates on the side or if you have to carry a little bit of a heavier kit on your belt or sorry, your cummerbund, it isn't going to droop and sag. Um, the other right. thing is it runs on a chassis system. So that was the hardest thing to design um, 
but unfortunately it's one of those things that there's not a lot of companies out there that was doing it um so we wanted to do something that we really really saw a need for um so the chassis system what that does is it helps spread out the weight over your shoulders as well as across the midsection especially towards the torso and it makes you carry it allows you to carry i should say heavier plates without actually filling the fatigue so yeah. when i went through the t and e portion on it i threw in two separate style plates i ran steel plates because they're heavier yeah. um, and then i ran uh the level four ceramic yeah. and it, you when you pick it up by your hands you can obviously feel the weight but once you put it on your body it does do a much better job of distribution of that weight I, I've run both. I have run the steel plates in there. Currently, I have the level four ceramics. Love the ceramics. Um, once again, we're talking about ounces here, but ounces equivalent to pounds um, and all of that. Um, Sykes wants to know, is HRT that makes the Tegra's removable panel to carry a backpack? So... I don't know if you do that. I do know that you guys have uh, um, on my rack plate carrier, I've got a kind of a backpack attachment that you can put a lot of stuff in. I don't know if that's what he's talking about or not. So I, I know what uh, Sykes is talking about. Unfortunately, we are not the company that came up with that design. Um, it is a very nice design. Um, but because they came out with it, um, it just seems kind of a knockoff to try to do that if it's somebody else's. Um, but the whole concept is, I think it was Spiritus that did do that. Okay. Um, okay. So if you were looking for something like that, then I think Spiritus is the company that came out with that. Yep. Um, let's go to, we talked about the rack, um, a little bit. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the H rack real quick and the difference between the H rack and the rack. If you want to do that, sure, love to. Uh, so the H rack was the first uh, plate carrier that we came out with. Uh, it was just a very simple design with upgradable components, a placard system interface for the front, Molly on the back. We had different types of cummerbunds. We did a two band velcro interface and then we had a three band with uh we went with rock buckles uh so that's the design that we decided to go with um who knows maybe in the future you might see a different style coming out towards yeah. 2024 um but it was a simple design that came in at a budget price point and it was a way that we could start looking at it as a means in which we could design off of for the rack. So the yeah. big difference between the H rack and the rack was the rear. So the rear on the rack, it came with a zipper interface as well as a Velcro interface so that yeah. you could run those rear panels and you had three ways in which you could maintain secure. So if your Velcro uh, had an issue, then you still had your Molly interface and then right. you had your zippers on the side to make sure that everything would still hold into place. Yeah. Uh, Kyle says, missed it. Uh, do the price, does the price include the plates? All right. So to answer Kyle's question, um, 
we do have packages on the website every once in a while where you can buy with plates um, and there's different options for plates. I know we did switch over to HiCom for our upper echelon plates. For those who aren't familiar who HiCom is, um, they do a lot of DOD contracting, especially with the plates. Um, and then we also carry a more budget-friendly option, and that goes through a company called AceLink. If you've never heard of AceLink, they build a really good set of plates that don't cost an arm and a leg, and they do have different options. They have a more budget option, but they also kind of have that more pricey point. But we wanted to carry something that was going to be more comfortable. So we have everything from just a standard 10 by 12 sappy style to multi-curve. And I think that's the direction that most ballistic companies are trying to move to is a multi-curve yep. because um, if you can take the top portion of the plates, especially next to the sternum notch, and you can kind of bend that in towards the sternum, it is a little bit more comfortable when you're running your plate carrier. Yep. Um, me personally, when it comes to carriers, um, there are a couple companies that are doing it and they're hard to find these days. Um, but swimmers cut, have you guys ever uh, thought about doing like a swimmers cut? I just like the way that they come in a little bit stronger for, it sounds bad, but getting that rifle in the, in the correct shoulder weld, <coughs> sometimes carriers get in the way. And you had to get now. I've I found I found a way around that. Uh, it's 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 a new stock from Valiant Dynamics. It's called the Evolver stock, and it's it's amazing. Anyways, but uh, is, is a swimmer cut design is that something that is possible down the line, or is that just something that it's probably too much R and D and investment in that one little thing? Um. So a swimmer's cut for um, any plate carrier design. It's actually a really simple process. You would just adjust the plate bag um, dimensions mm -hmm. and then just basically sew so that it just concentrated because the swimmer's yeah. cut goes a little bit more towards the notch, then yeah. goes out, Absolutely. Drops, and it gives you basically from here over to have a better rifle stock. Yeah. Um, yeah. For us, the reason why that's kind of hard to do is storage space. So as we have that's those fair. come in, we would have to start carrying those in different colors and things like mm -hmm. that. However, I will say this, we do have something that could be a possible fourth design coming mm -hmm. out. Um, there's so much things to go into it right now. One would be plate bag design, shoulder strap designs, um, because everybody's looking for something more modern. I can say this right off the top. Whatever we do come out with, it is going to be laser cut. It's not going to be using Molly awesome. interface in the traditional format. Um, it would still be full lifetime warranty on all the stuff that we are doing. And it would also integrate our panel system as well as a placard system. So I, 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 I know the panel is awesome. I love the placard. Uh, that's just me. 
Um, it's easy for me. It's, 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 I've got everything right here in my workspace. It's not in the way. It's not intrusive. Um, and it, I don't know. I, I love it. Now, the panel, I'm sure it's amazing also. But I guess I've just, over the last few years, I've grown to love the, the placard. So that's kind of how I roll. Um, I, and that is the future. Um, yeah. For probably the next decade. The yeah. question will be interface points. Uh, sure. Like some companies do use like the G hooks. Others are using Swift or other types of buckles. Yeah. Um, it, it just makes mission transition a lot easier. Um, and when we go around and we get a chance to talk to people that are still doing operations regularly, um, they've said that ever since they switched over from a molly based system where it's completely static and it takes a significant period of time for transition, the placard yeah. system saves them so much time. And I always thought it was weird that you're starting to see certain agencies that are moving from rifle back to a nine millimeter um especially like yep. hospitals for like quick reaction teams they want to reduce the amount of possible push through of a round so nine mil is kind of the 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 happy medium for those groups so we do get a lot of requests because we offer different inserts but i was, I was gonna say that i've got an insert that you sent me it's an mp5 insert but right. guess what? Guess what fits in them perfectly? The 30 round Glock sticks, like yes, they, they fit in them perfectly. So uh, for me, I love running PCCs. Uh, and so that's how right now mine is set up is I've got pistol mags here, but I've got PCCs inserts inside that placard. So now I've got three or four 30 round stick mags for the PCCs, which is awesome so i do love the fact that you do have different inserts whether it's for 762 or 556 or nine millimeter these things can can really be uh changed very easily if i can do it anybody can do it well that's the whole point simplicity right if Absolutely. you build something that is way too complicated that isn't a tie-in to a previous way of doing things a lot of people will kind of get turned off and as much as progress i know a lot of people are going to hate me for saying that word because they'll take it into the political context but as far as like gear design that progress does have to come and it needs to be moved at a pace so that basically the the end market kind of keeps up with it so yep. we've had some crazy designs that kind of went a little too far um but i i can say this from what i've seen for 10 years down the road, um, a lot of things are going to stay similar, but there's going to be some changes in there that are going to seem like they just don't make a lot of sense in the beginning, but it's because sure. of mission adaptation for operational components. Absolutely. Now, Clover's in there. He, he, uh, he, he says he's a little confused. What you got, buddy? I ain't no little confused. I'm majorly <laughs> confused. <laughs> so, um, I stepped away for a second. Yeah, yeah. This is not my forte anyway. So yeah. I know what Molly is, right? Uh -huh. You guys are talking about panels and and placards and like what? So okay, what this placard that I'm showing on the screen right now, what it does is it hooks up to the front of the carrier on top of the plates on the outside. And it. I wish I had mine here. I could show you it's in my vehicle. Um, 
but it velcros it, it hooks up you can lift it up to put your you know the cummerbund on and then it folds over and, and, and velcros but what it is is got two like basically gp pouches in the front put whatever the hell you want to i put magazines you can put ifac whatever you want uh it does have an ifac thing that i use it it, it, it comes with one um where you've guys got availabilities of having uh, a first aid kit holder or whatever uh i want to see you you work with uh, john lovell over at war warrior poets for that did you not a couple years back I'm, i might be wrong about that but um well so one of the biggest breakthroughs that we had on the marketing side was 2019 uh our first year to the booth this was before i was an official partner with the company i just yeah. kind of went out and just helped because i was coming in off of the training teams helping out on that side so they're like hey who wants to go to vegas and then it was like who wants to pay their own way to go to vegas and i was like oh god that's gonna suck um so i decided to go help out and then we ran into john because at that time we were right at where the upper echelon so we ran into him we had a conversation um and he kind of ran off and then in 2020 we had put the rack out for yep. to be released around late 2020 early 2021 and he saw the designs on that and uh we had a small meeting and uh he said hey look if you guys are interested i've got some ideas um let's have a meeting say a month after shot so we sent him some product. He kind of liked the product. He had some input on some of the things we were doing. Um, so what we did is he said, I like a lot about it, but you don't have a designated radio pouch. Um, so what we did is we came up with a winglet that could fit inside of the cummerbund. Yep. So if you're not familiar with a winglet, it's just basically an attachment point that can be ran in between the Velcro interface um it can carry different stuff you could carry a radio you could carry extra magazines um i actually use one of them for for a radio another one for the ifac obviously i've got it hanging down below but i've got another one i put on the side here um actually on this side so where radio can and it just goes right in fits perfectly um yeah but, but the no, going through real, real quick for clover before you go on chris uh, the, the placard system um, is 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 an organizational system that they use for their their carriers. Uh, whether it's mag pouches, um, GP, they've got all sorts. But the max those the Maximus placard that I have uh, comes with two basically GP pouches. Um, the insert for either ARs or what kind of magazines up here, and then a couple um pistol mags on the side if i'm if i'm not mistaken i think there's one on each side if i'm not mistaken yes so the the whole idea behind the placard system was when you put your pouches onto the molly it was pretty much there to stay because depending on the molly interface for it it could really take uh, a good amount of time to take it off but even more time to put it back on um, yeah. So the placard idea came from a few moons ago. I think it started in like 2017 when the yeah. initial placard designs, maybe a year before that. But it was a mission requirement 
so that you could transition your front administrative or uh, magazine component so that you could change that out in under 60 seconds. Yep. And the placard system is kind of the same way that MLOC was which, hey, after we came up with all these designs, unfortunately, KeyMod kind of lost that battle, even though I always thought KeyMod was better than MLOC, but, you know, I guess... Ooh, those fighting words for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always thought that the KeyMod was a little bit easier to get components attached. You tightened it down, and it fit the way that it was supposed to. I'm not against MLOC. I know it's here to stay. It's just I like HD DVD versus Blu-ray back in the turn of the in moving into like 2008, 2009. So we're gonna we're gonna we're going to uh, age ourselves. It was like VHS and Betamax, you know. <laughs> well, if you day. don't remember that, you know, you're not really you're not that cool anymore. So. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. I always thought I always thought KeyMod was a little bit quicker. I, I I don't I don't disagree. I kind of like Keymod. I really like MLOC now. Um but Keymod's not terrible. It, it was quicker. Uh the problem was is very few things avail made themselves available to the Keymod footprint. Um and so that, that's probably why it kind of died. I don't know. I, I really don't know why. It was weird to what? look at maybe. I don't know. I think one of the biggest issues that I always heard the jokes was that key mod looked like a penis all over in its design. So I mean, it, like I said, it, it definitely looked like a weird thing, but um, <laughs> I think but, it's probably, I, 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 like I said, I like MLOC, but if you don't get the MLOC tightened perfectly, it's been known to pop. There, you know, lights and different attachments have been known to pop off. You didn't really see a whole lot popping off of KeyMod. Uh, that's just you know. no. But the other thing about MLock is, if you take off an attachment piece, depending on the thickness of the rail, sometimes yeah. you would lose that back nut, and then you would be fighting with your system to recapture that, and then it's like it's just another piece of headache. But Again, like I said, I, I know the the battle is fought. The the end user decided that. So MLock was better, out. I guess. Now yeah. Scott up there makes a, a terrible, tragic mistake in assuming that MLock beats Quadros. I'm team quad hashtag team quadrail. Um so <laughs> you're talking to the wrong guy there, Scott. <laughs> so I do think that quad rails were one of the best transitions in technology. Uh, so anybody that was DOD or other agencies around that time, and they actually got to go from the plastic fiberglass handguards to or to the uh, Picatinny option. Yeah, it was definitely mind blowing. And might want to start wearing some gloves with it, or just kind of <laughs> get used to it. It, it. it could hurt your hands at times, but I. I I really I'm a quad rail guy. I do like quad rails. Well, it it's it, it has its purpose, but it's still a classic and it still functions. And yeah. as long as that's the case, that's all that really matters. And especially if you're going to put different uh, attachments, lights, uh, lasers, uh, grips, whatever, uh, foregrips on on the quad rail, it's 
it's Picatinny. I mean, it's it's pretty simple, you know. So I don't know. As, as I, I'll agree with you there, but the moment you go into lasers, it's got to be a Daniel defense, so it has a really good lockup on it, and then that way you know your laser is more likely to hold at zero. Because I've had a few in the past where I've ran a quad rail, and then you zero your laser, then you go back out like three months later, and, and your soft. laser's off by like three inches. So, yep. If it's not a uh, Free floating style Picatinny, it can be a little yeah. bit problematic. So, yeah. Uh, Clove, what else you got? You need you need to be educated on tactical shit. <laughs> nah, I think I'm good. All right, uh, Chris, what do you want to move on to next? Uh, do you want to go expect some plate carriers, or what do you want? What do we move on to next? Um, actually, uh, for those that didn't get a chance to see shot. Uh, kind of talk about some ideas that we are looking at the possibility of uh, releasing for 2024. Fantastic. So one, two things that, that are not on the website right now. One was an IFAC carrier. Um, we did yep. get some decent feedback at SHOT. Um, we are going to make a little bit of a change in it, but mostly positive reviews. So. We're looking and hoping for a spring summer release on that. As soon as we get those, we'll make sure we get so those. So possibly in RAM time frame, possibly in uh, RAM May Memorial Day sometime. That would be the best hope okay. at the moment. Um, usually, once we get done with shot and we have that initial feedback, um, we usually know where we need to go with it. So it's just yeah. a few modifications. Um, ever since 2023, we did some expansion and we realized we needed somebody in the house that could do a significant portion of our designs. Right. Um, so we hired someone, she's an absolute wonderful seamstress. So I know that she is working on making the small changes. Um, and then once she gets done with those, we'll send it to basically move it into production mode. Um, and then the dump pouch. It's a very simple design with a few eloquent changes, um, but that is also looking, we're probably looking at, I don't want to misspeak because is I've this heard Is this going to be something for the belt or for the carrier, the, the dump pouch? Is it be something you can attach for the belt or what, or both? It can attach to anything. It is still a Molly interface. It was Fantastic. primarily I love it. the belt. Um, but those two things we are going to be getting out as soon as we can. Uh, the dump pouch, we're not seeing anything crazy that needs to be adjusted on that. No, no feedback issues. So um, that might be the first thing that drops. Um, and then the IFAC pouch shortly after. Um, as far as uh, the SIG slide, uh, there were a lot of people that did inquire about that. There's going to be a few things that we will have to get through uh, before we do a release. Uh, one of those is going to be testing and evaluation. Uh, the reason why we used conditional language there was because uh, we liked the guys over at Harrington Arms, for those who have never had a chance to any of their stuff. They're great craftsmen. They really understand pistols, um, but we're going to do some T&E. We're also going to have to do a look at the pricing. 
Um, if the pricing is going to be way too much for that end user, um, then that unfortunately might be something that we have to scrap. So we've been having meetings pretty consistently on that one. Um, our hope is to be able to release it, but we want to make sure that we can release it at a price that the end consumer would be happy with and doesn't feel like they're getting cheated. So. Absolutely. Um, people out there talking about hoodies. Uh, yeah, we all, we all love hoodies, but uh, <laughs> they've also been talking about making some armor and some plate carriers for bigger, bigger boys, some bobs, if you will. Is that something you so, thought about? I mean, we're talking, we're talking about extra guys. We're talking about having to do extra like material, like, man, like some of you big old boys. Hey, I'm telling you, y'all are, y'all are. So man, what we can do, I will push for this to happen because we have a uh, marketing meeting tomorrow. Uh, so here's what I will promise for all those that are asking for this. Anytime that we are going to be doing a restock and we need more stuff built, even to include the hoodies, um, I will push. I cannot promise anything, but I will push for there to be a pre-order option for unique sizes. I will Absolutely. push for that. I promise you. So, I like that. I like. It. Hey guys, that's all you can ask for, right? Is an opportunity to uh, to get what you want. Um, we already talked about the strobe. Uh, we talked about the windbreaker, the uh, the IFAT carrier. Um, I love the dump pouch idea. Um, is there anything else that's coming down the line that you can talk about? If not. Um, if if it was your decision and you can make the call and say there's one thing that I want to do and you had the power to just do it, what would what what would be the next part that you personally would would say this is what we're coming out with? So that's an excellent question, and that's something I've thought about quite a bit. Um, and this isn't to say it isn't going to happen, but. One thing that we looked at in 2023 was more EDC style components. Okay. Um, so that could be whether it's a fanny pack or a grid organization. Rocket fanny packs. I'm all in on fanny packs, you know. <laughs> well, one of the things that we have thrown around quite a bit, and this was one of my ideas, was EDC. So EDC isn't just your backpack. E EDC isn't just whether you appendix carry, whether you three o'clock carry. Um, this is something that should go all the way to the vehicle. Um, so one thing that. that I have been pushing for is a grid organizer that would be similar to one of the questions that others asked before, but it can be used in backpacks. It can be used on the backside of truck seats, car seats, I've trunks. Um, and, and that's yes, sir. That, Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's something that's going to get a lot of traction with the design team. So I have been pushing for that, um, just simply because it could be a very inexpensive product that can have a huge impact on the way that you do things. Um, I've had to go through different organizational layouts, and it always comes back to one thing. I end up always having like three or four extra magazines sitting in a backpack. And instead of just staying in one spot, they're always moving around. Same thing with uh, pocket knives, same thing with flashlights. 
Um, I have one EDC pack that I've had for about three years now. I love it to death. The only downside is there's just not that great of an organizational component inside of it, but it does have that full Velcro back uh, interface point. So that's something that I have really been pushing for. Um, That way, if you're looking for something to organize that, you can run magazine pouches, you can run utility pouches, you can run a bunch of different stuff in there that simplifies your life. That way, instead of reaching for your keys coming up with two pistol magazines or a flashlight, you actually find keys. Yep. Um, going back into like the EDC type thing, maybe even like a uh, an IFAC ankle thing, you know, maybe a conceal under their pants and then wear like, uh, like an ankle, not an ankle holster, but you know what I'm talking about, that people will carry their IFACs in a little ankle compartment that's something like that would be kind of cool and it's just throwing stuff out i'm trying to spend your money chris that's what i'm trying to do (laughs) well i appreciate that um but uh one thing about that one uh is we know that uh, the warrior poet society they've already got one of those they do Um, i actually have one of those for worst case scenario so do I. I hate to admit it, but so do I. I don't use it very often. Um, <laughs> well, I have, I, it, I have it if I need it, you know. Well, I don't carry it around my ankle. What I actually realized is it's one of those things that can be broken down into a really small component. And it just Great sits idea. in that compartment between uh, passenger and driver's seat. I never uh, thought of that. So- That's a great idea. Yeah, it just keeps it close. It carries all your pertinent stuff. Um, but yeah, I think with that one, we do have a good partnership with John. So we don't want to cut into the stuff that he has been doing, but Ah, um, he's making plenty of money. He's fine. I don't disagree, but (laughs) uh, yeah, so that's one of those things that, you know, even though we might discuss, uh, Hey, what's a better way to carry medical, um, looking at that grid design option we think that would be a much more useful interface component because how many Molly pouches do you have that you carried out of the military? How many did you buy from like 2012 to set up your worst case scenario kit? How many of those are just sitting around either in your basement in storage that you never really gotten rid of? But if you had a Molly interface component that would just sit somewhere inside of your backpack, hey, problem solved. And you don't yeah. have to go out and buy extra stuff. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to take this a different direction, but you, you start bringing up the idea of using uh, John's ankle IFAC and, and breaking it down and using it for other uses and storing it in a different way. One of the things that I tell to people all the time, people say, well, what do I need a plate carrier for? Like, I don't I don't plan on going through the Red Dawn scenario, and I don't need a plate carrier. That's fine. You may not need plates. You may not need plates. Let's just be honest. But I, I think what people also don't think about is a carrier system can be used for photography, for fishing, for hunting, for hiking. If you're going to be hiking and camping out and having different things and in, in a way to organize uh, and keep it on your shoulders to where it's it's helping the weight instead of necessarily a backpack, I don't think people understand or as they see the uses of a plate carrier um, aside from being an operator. It can be used for so many different things and, and 
um, if you utilize it in different ways, get creative. It really can. It can be a, a tool, a belt. If you're a mechanic and you want to have all your tools and all that on your shoulders instead of your waist, there's all sorts of different things that carrier system can be used for, not just for uh, you know being a pipe kicker. Um, well, that said, I, I mean, you're good, good. No, I was going to say you're actually bringing up a good point, which is you don't necessarily have to run a plate carrier. But most placard systems, most companies now have produced a system in which that placard can be attached to a chest harness. Um, so if you and like you do you have chest it, harnesses, yes, we do have the chest harnesses. Um, that is one thing that we've had since about 2021. Um, any of our placards, they can run a air pass foam system. And then you can attach the or the uh, buckles onto it. Now, yep. there was a specific time that the the earlier systems may not work with that because we did not start adding the loops to make it a complete system until about late 2021, early 2022. So if mm -hmm. you did buy a placard in 2020, 2019. Unfortunately, those systems, they would not have that interface component, but we did make sure that anything that was built, I think, after 2022 uh, did have those interlaced systems so you could run buckles on the side. And there, I've got, I've got uh, the chest rig. I mean, I, I've, I've been, obviously been a fan and I've got a lot of their stuff. So, um, but like I said, I, I don't want people to be out there they're watching this or, or listening to this uh, and saying what the hell am i going to do with the carrier system you don't have to run plates in it you know you don't have to um you don't have to utilize it as a a, a plate carrier uh, you can utilize it I, I i know people that run plate carriers that are full-time like uh sports photographers if you if you watch the super bowl guys coming up on sunday Look at in the end zone when someone scores a touchdown, all the media camera guys. I will guarantee you'll see at least two or three plate carrier systems. They've got their lenses in there. They've got everything right there, uh, and, and they're using a, a carrier system, and it's they can use it for whatever, hiking, camping out, all sorts of stuff um, it can be used for. So don't, don't pigeonhole uh, carriers into what, um, what you think they should be used for. They, they can be used for a lot of different things. Clover, do you got anything that you want to bring up or ask or anything before we uh, start sweeping the floor? All the big old boys are out there whining, so I'm going to whine, too, and tell Chris he needs to make stuff for short guys. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring here. Why not? So He wants a green one because he's a leprechaun. The, Let's we, just need the extra, we need the extra short midget versions, please. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that we did actually do in 2022, uh, we came out with uh, an extra specific size, which was the 10 by 12. Um, it's only a 10 by 12 system. So when you put your plates into it, the plates come all the way to the bottom. Um, we've had the large and the extra large systems in the system for some time, but we did come out with a specific 10 by 12. Um, and if I remember correctly, 
you're not that much shorter than I am. So it's a running, uh, it's just a running joke, Chris. That's yeah, all. no, it, That's it, all it, they fit me. No, I get um, you. So you know, but I'm, but I'm, 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 I'm way taller than Clover, like uh, at least an inch, like crazy taller than him. <laughs> Uh, Scott wants to know about a low profile bag you can carry in your car. He drives Uber and doesn't want people to know, like a low, like a gray man bag, if you will. Blue's Clues lunchbox. There you go. That will stand out as the most non threatening component, and you can get the soft one. Um, I actually told a significant other that I dated for a while. She was looking for a way to carry a pistol where no one would ever think it was a pistol. So she took one of her old kids, uh, small carry components, and then she basically sewed in something in there and that's how she carried it. Um, the best way to look non-threatening is to use something that is non-threatening. So that's true. That's true. Um, and Blue's Clues will definitely be My Little Pony. You know, Clover's a big My Little Pony guy, so that might be something he could use as well. Um, I'm just, yeah. I'm just, you guys are talking about Blue's Clues, like Bluey's where it's at nowadays. It's Bluey. <laughs> Let's get with the times. Come I don't on. even know what that is, so I don't know. Yeah, my kids are mostly grown. I'm still stuck. I've got a 27. No, I've, I've had my fair share of Blue's Clues. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I feel yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, Clover, you got anything else you want to bring up? Clover, you got anything else? Nah, man, I'm good. Okay, uh, I'm gonna put. Uh, I've been putting the link out there quite a time, quite a few times. Keep putting it out there, um, but I want to give you a chance to talk about anything we didn't talk about real quick. I also want to let you have an opportunity to talk about website, social media, places they can find you, and all that stuff. Uh, obviously, you can find hrttacticaldeer.com and you can find their Facebook link, their Instagram, their YouTube link. Um, you guys have started to do some more videos in the last year or so on the YouTube channel, which I kind of dig. Um, I'm liking that. So, yeah, the biggest factor that we really wanted to make a change on is we are definitely thankful for the uh uh, creators that were out there as we were coming up and we try to help them out as much as we can. Uh, so if they reach out to us, we're like, Hey, what can we do to kind of help you guys? And same thing for this channel as well. Um, if you guys are down, we would like to do a giveaway. So Hell that yeah. way we can come up with something. You guys can find a winner. Um, and then that way, uh, once the winner is chosen, they can reach out to me and then we can deliver on the final product to say thank you to both you and Clove as well as yep. those who subscribe to you guys. So we can talk about something offline that can work. Um, Let's do it. That sounds awesome. I mean, everyone loves, you know, giveaways and stuff. So uh, we can definitely come up with something. Uh, and, and we talk about offline and, and all that. We can talk about how it needs to be working. We'll announce it and run it forever long. We think, yeah, we can definitely do that. I think that'd be great. So thank you for that. Nope, no worries. Um, and as far as social media goes, we do have our official site, HRT Tactical Gear, Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube. It's still the same. We understand there are issues with YouTube where certain things you can and cannot do. Uh, 
for those who aren't aware and are just new to this, you'll find out very quickly uh, once you start going down that rabbit hole. But the other thing that is that I would like to say is um, just with every company, I'm kind of just someone who likes to get my fingers into a lot of different stuff. So I did start a new company with a couple other partners from different areas called Jolly Solid Tactical. Uh, for those that are going to be in the Midwest in the uh, next year. Spell that. Spell that. Is, is there a website yet? Uh, there is a website. It's called Jawless Hog Tactical. J-A-W-L-E-S-S-H-O-G-Tactical.com. There it is. I love that logo, by the way. I'm going to put this out here, the link out here. Jawless Hog Tactical. Uh, that's a badass logo. I love that. That is great. Well, well, one of the reasons why we wanted to start the training side of the company, uh, mm. this is not affiliated with HRT. This is because yeah. myself and one of the owners, we were part of the original training group. Gotcha. So we yeah. wanted to back and actually rebuild out another training group so we found two very experienced uh SWAT guys one had a significant military background uh absolute wonderful pipe hitters that we were very very much we love their style of teaching it's not necessarily the hostage rescue taking style CQB. They started to break it down a much more statistical style component. Um, so we basically sat down, we went to a couple trainings that they were offering and we said, Hey, let's make this into a company. Yeah. Um, so JHT, it went official, I think back in May, June of last year. So anytime I get the opportunity to go, any type of media on the HRT side, I always put that towards the end of it. Absolutely. As long as we're not stepping on any toes or anything. But, uh, yeah. Man, that's you're my guest, Chris. <laughs> Obviously, you represent HRT, but you're my guest. You're my friend. You can talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about, brother. <laughs> yeah, I saw that Mr. Sykes said he's actually attending one yep. of the CQB classes in March. That's absolutely He missed the MBG I'm class, he said. Yeah, so we did recently just drop uh, some LE-specific classes. I know we get a lot of slack for that. Um, and something that I will be open and honest about is getting a private range to actually yeah. be able to do tactical training. Sometimes there's a lot of issues especially with that. Especially at night uh, as well. Um, especially at night. Um, yeah. So we have been able to reach out to people who are in private land and they've been more than willing to help us out pending that they get a slot in the class. Um, but yeah, we are going to be doing three LEO specific classes in the Dayton area. We've got some classes that we're actually going to be doing at Muscatatuck uh, Urban Training Center. I know a lot of people may be familiar with it. It's in Indiana. I, I, um, ironically, I have a lot of weird people from ohio that watch the channels they probably are aware of it you know i don't understand why <laughs> well ohio. that's why we're trying to promote it trey just to say hey look not uh, only do we have the you guys take time, two people to spell training. four letters it takes two people to spell four letters i don't understand this <laughs> no. but yeah that's uh we we were very happy with uh the stuff that we got done last year 
but we are trying to expand that. So a lot of people mm -hmm. are like, like, when do you actually sleep? Um, yeah, sleep. That's, that's a luxury. I wish I got more of, but no, it is what it is. Um, is this something that down the line with, with, um, JHT that maybe will travel for course if someone wants to bring you in, let's say to Arkansas, if someone wants to bring you and I can say, Hey, I've got 10, 12 guys or 20 or whatever you would need. Uh, is that something you guys would say, Hey, I've got a spot for you to do this. Would y'all be willing to go uh, get on the road and do some training elsewhere down the road? Maybe. Yes, we would. Fantastic. So the, I might know a guy just saying. <laughs> yeah. So if uh, you said, Hey, look, we would like to do a night vision class. We can guarantee 10 to 12. Uh, so whoever the organizer is, uh, they could reach out to me. Um, and then if they can get people in the seats, then we can always help out with the organizer and say, all right, we get this many seats. We can talk about some stuff on the back end to kind of help out that organizer. Um, but, yeah, and we do offer for like the night vision components. We do have a couple extra set of nods. Um, nice. so I was going to ask you, do you, do you provide some, at least a couple? We of a, yeah, we have a limited amount, um, but SHOT was actually really good this year for the JHT side and the director of training, uh, one of the partners, he's just a lush and a social butterfly. Um, and he just has the ability to basically talk the underwear off of people. So great guy. Um, so he was able to go out, make a few connections with different companies and say, Hey, nice. look, we will definitely promote your kit inside the classes, uh, give people the opportunity to see stuff. Um, yeah. so try them out. But, Absolutely. Yeah. So we've had some really good luck with some good partnerships on that side. Um, but that's always the biggest problem when you bring up any new company um, is trying to fill in those groups or sorry, those job fields with people that have some type of uh, understanding or experience in that. So I officially yeah. took over the media slash um, social media component on that just so that I could give back because I'm so old. I don't think people want to get training from me anymore. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, new right. tactics, and I'm going to be honest with you, these guys are still active duty and what they do, so they still run yeah. live operations. Um, and the great thing about them are um, they're not the kind of law enforcement that basically says that believe like the New York style, which is, hey, we, we need to take all the guns away. They're very pro-2A. They're mm. not part of the uh, urban style policing that you see, but they've done a lot of good stuff for their communities trying to build safer communities but they've also rose to the ranks of where they're pretty much running the SWAT teams that they're on two great dudes um, when you get them behind the scenes if you're into you know the old uh, barrack style conversations they can throw down with the best of them um, so there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that no, for most people it's not, and I think it actually is a great way to uh, open up the conversation and get to know someone. So, we were at um, in South Carolina a few years, a couple years back, I remember two or three years ago, coming up, <clears throat> and Clover. Uh, it was me and Ron, um, and a couple other Marsot guys, 
uh, and we were in a house and Clover stayed with us. And so you imagine four, four Marines and Clover who is not, and he stayed with us and he was on the front porch and he'll tell a story I'm sure, but uh, I don't want to go down that road, but he, he got to witness a lot of the, the barracks talk, if you will. And, um, I didn't so, understand 99 of it. But <laughs> well, we have like, our own language, right? I can witness yeah. all I want to, but that doesn't mean I can tell you what. Like, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. Uh, you you mentioned something earlier that I was like, I mean, I know what IFAC is, obviously, but yeah, sure. You mentioned GP, right? That's general, general purpose. purpose? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. So that I'm was sorry. that was yeah. that I, was a guess. That was a guess. But there you go. No, that's that's my fault. That's what that's, I thought. That's my fault. That. I should. Yeah, I shouldn't assume that people understand. Yeah, general purpose pouch or general pouch or whatever. But general, we always call it general purpose. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's what you guys call it, Chris. I just I call those two pouches in the front of the placard just kind of GP pouches. You can, I think in one of them I've got um, um, a, a pad of paper you can write on, and when it's wet, uh, and some night sticks in there, maybe another. Uh, uh, pistol magazine and this one I've got some different kind of pens and all that and then three or four different pistol magazines in there so yeah you can use it for whatever the hell you want so we've always referred to it either as admin or general purpose I think that was probably yep. one of the more admin pouches. sure admin that'd be, that'd be a good one to say it too yeah sure yeah I mean uh over time, but most people can kind of see the synonymous nature of between those names. So, yeah, yeah. Um, HRT Tactical Gear .com, Jawless Hog Tactical .com. Go check out Chris uh, on the Instagrams over on Facebook. Uh, if someone was to DM HRT or uh, or JHT on Instagram. Is that going to be you that sees that, or is that going to be someone else that they want to so, do? I'll go DM now. So, yeah. So it, it really doesn't matter the JHT side that goes directly into one of my Instagram or Facebook accounts. Okay. Um, I'm pretty rigorous about checking those every couple of hours because we get requests coming in. Um, on the HRT side, it does go to the company, so the guys that are working up there constantly. Um, yeah. I do stuff from home sometimes. I don't want to give your personal one out. That's why I didn't oh, bring no, that up. I've yeah. one specifically for the company. I know you do. HRT underscore outreach underscore. Pull it up and put it out. There. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I, I don't want to – but, yeah, I, I didn't want to give out your – personal one and all that but uh no, a lot of people are going are going dms now and i think it's you know a lot of people think it's easier so i just didn't want to throw that out so, there uh so that one is actually my company interface account um i've got that one plus jht so if there's a request for information yep. or anything like that i'm happy to receive it um and every once in a while i get a little hate mail in there sometimes so I'm used to it. I get all kinds of stuff that come through. Usually the hate mail is from some Chinese bot company. No. Why <laughs> I'm not using their VPN or if I really want to represent their cologne company. Yeah. Um, and when I say no, they're like, oh, how dare you? So, yeah, I get a lot of that. But uh, keep it clean. And then long story short, if there's 
anybody that's curious or has questions about the training side or the gear side. Yeah. But just to clarify, they are two separate companies, yeah. um, as you can imagine, for litigation purposes. I understand. <laughs> um, before we get out here, Clove, I want to bring you in. Thanks for always being here. I know this was probably a little uncomfortable of a, of a discussion for you, but thanks for being here. Uh, anything you want to bring up? What, what do you got coming down the line? I know you just put the last SHOT Show video out this week, or maybe today, wasn't it? Yeah, it was earlier today. First of all, thanks to Chris for coming on, even though, you know, uh, well, I understood most of it until you got to the carriers, the plate carriers. That's <laughs> Like the belts, the, the, the windbreakers. I'm, I'm waiting for the members-only logo on the windbreakers. I think that's what I'm yes. waiting on. So, as soon as yes. we can get some members-only logos going on, we'll be good. Um, no, that shot video dropped. I've got a, a few that were done prior to shot that are kind of in the bank. So, those will start dropping. And then by the time those get done, uh, hopefully the Ghost and Clover podcast is back in swing. And, Season two, uh, baby! Hopefully the... Um, CloverTac podcast is back in the swing. I've spent all day today contacting folks, trying to get uh, guests scheduled and, and things done for that. Uh, and hopefully some uh, product is on the way yeah. in hand and uh, yeah. uh, videos kick off. So going to be uh, a lot of work. This is a lull, of course. Uh, I was, I don't know, should I say I was lucky or blessed enough to go to the buyer show this last weekend? I don't know. With all the complaining I did of how weird that thing was. You, you complain a lot. Uh, well, I, I complain a lot anyway, right? So, but um, yeah, it did shot and then was home less than a week and then kind of got invited to that buyer show. And it was kind of neat checking it out. It was, it was definitely interesting to see that side of the industry. Uh, but, you know, we don't have anything basically until NRA our shows yeah. now and so right uh yeah. it's time to hunker down and, and get work done unfortunately <laughs> work done and we'll get enough work done to get us to to end ram and then it starts all over again with the the summer products that are coming out man i'm telling you bro the hoodies needs to happen there's people that are going to burn this place down if you don't start doing hoodies just saying <laughs> and you got a really badass logo let's just be honest so um, I wish I could take credit for it, but that logo, at least the baseline for it, has been there since yeah. 2009. It's just yeah. been slowly but surely mildly updated, and I wasn't associated with the company until 2010. It's still a badass logo. Yeah, it's still a bad. And, and Chris, also, thank you for coming on uh, Clover and I's podcast live at SHOT Show. You, you were a part of Wednesday. And Wednesday, they're all great. Every single segment was great, but there was a couple segments that kind of stood out in my mind, and yours and Ron's was 100% one of those segments. Uh, so, guys, go out on my channel, on Clover's channel, on the Ghost and Clover channel, whichever one you go to. Uh, if you haven't watched any of the four days of the Live at Shot Show podcast, um, phenomenal guests every day. We had 24 guests. Um great segments and, and and go watch those and, and chris well, thank you for coming on uh i hated to pull you away from the booth you know but maybe it was a a get away from the booth for half an hour may it not was. have been a bad thing <laughs> <laughs> actually i i just wanted to say thank you to you guys because that gave me a chance to actually do a face-to-face -face with ron i know we've had yeah. chats in the past 
Yeah. But also with uh, DB, with his organization, specifically Man, about two A mental health, health uh, DB, yeah. and, then, and then Walk the Talk America, obviously is the is the is the big one. It's fantastic. And then Todd Mao was there, and, and Todd, there was a yeah. chance to actually make contact with him. And I think we're going to try to do something in the future as well. So those were definitely opportunities. And a lot of people will be like, oh, yeah, I don't really want to do this. But if you don't take the time to actually go out and do something new, you're never going to create new opportunities. That's exactly why we structured the podcast the way that we did. Um, So many of the podcasts that happen at, at events or in general, they have a guest on, and it's another creator, and they just talk about all the cool guns they fondled and blah, blah, blah. And to an extent, that <laughs> stuff is, is neat, right? That's that's fun. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm up for talking about especially shotguns, right? But when you have an opportunity, and you said it at the, like the top of this show, the networking and the contacts and everything with, with something like a shot show, when you're in that environment, utilize that environment to get people together. And that was that was the whole goal of the podcast that we did, and why we broke the guests up the way we did and paired them off the way we did, was to try to maximize that that situation where people could get that face to face time and maybe make new contacts and find you know meet new people and find out what all they're doing. So thank you again for being a part of that. Well, thank you guys. We'll get you back on next year. You know, I'd be be honored to. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, in case you guys didn't hear this morning, and may, many of you probably don't care, not country fans, uh, Toby Keith did pass away. He had stomach cancer, uh, been battling for a while. So rest in peace, Toby I Keith. He, uh, had, huh? I hope he finished that list, right? I, I hope so, too. You, uh, know what there, I, you know what I'm talking about, I guess, I, 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 a Toby Keith fan, yeah. I, I do. Um, there's also... <laughs> There's, um, hmm. he wasn't everybody's cup of tea, um, but he had some great albums and he had one of the greatest albums that ever came out post nine 11. And it was a, a patriotic album that he really focused on the armed forces and wrote songs about all the different armed forces and all of that. Um, but yeah, yeah, man. Um, I really like the early Toby Keith. That's not knocking on him, but I like a lot of the. No, no, I get it. No, I get it. Well, uh, want to be a cowboy, with, right? Well, anytime right. you're dealing with uh, people that are able to go in and touch people, even people like myself that weren't into country music, as I was a younger individual that kind of grew into it, Toby Keith yeah. was definitely on the playlist. Absolutely. Um, His stuff was just fun for the most part. It was. I mean, you know, I remember when uh, As Good As I Once Was came out, right? And that brought a lot of people to country music that weren't country fans, but that song was a great, just catchy kind of a song. They'd be like, oh, man, that's a great, you know, that's a great song. And I think that, like, he has... I'm in Arkansas and he's from Oklahoma and a friend of mine was um, his golf pro at his course that he owns for, for many, many years. Um, and my wife and daughter used to go to Oklahoma city all the time and would go to his restaurant. And um, I mean, we sold in my, in my shop, we sold the Toby Keith cowboy hats there, you know, 10 years ago when they were the fame. I mean, yeah, it was, it, it, he, 
he's not by any means one of my favorite singers, but he's one of those guys who could just listen to the album and you're going to have fun. You know, um, you're going to have fun. So, um, yeah, rest in peace, Toby. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, now he's, he's, he's not, he's not in pain and, and all of that. Um, I know he was very good to the Oklahoma people. Um, a lot of, a lot of charitable work and all that. A lot of everyone that I know that knew him said he was always having fun and he always took care of everyone around him. The guys, people that worked for him, he took care of them. That's really all I need to know is if you're a good person, you like to have fun and you take care of your people. That's enough for me. So, uh, yeah. Um, Chris, thank you for coming on, man. I really, really, really uh, appreciate you coming on. Um, looking forward to um, doing some work and, and seeing you. Are you guys going to be at NRAM this year in, in Dallas? Um, we are debating it at this yeah. moment. Uh, for us to do the NRAM, it, we're looking at the costs. Uh, last year was very simple because it's just a hop, skip, and jump across the board. It was, it was pretty maybe. close, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do the cost weight budget analysis on it. Um, if it looks like something that we can leverage to take advantage of, then we'll be there. But if it's something uh, that doesn't seem to adjust to what we hope it comes out to be, then we unfortunately will miss it. But I know that we are looking at the possibility of doing uh, trigger con. Nice. And maybe one other show that need to make sure con. But I, I yeah. will say this: we will definitely be back for the NRA show when it comes back to Indianapolis in 2025. I believe. I yeah. think that's what they were talking about because they wanted to alternate between the two. So we'll definitely be at the one in Indianapolis, but uh, whether or not we can make it to the one in Texas, uh, there's a lot of moving parts we would have to tack down yeah. between now and april so absolutely uh yeah true car i went there for the first time last year clover and i went and i'm not gonna lie first starting out i was like eh, this is gonna be a nightmare and i left that sunday going i can't wait to get back to wichita kansas like they did a great job so um for sure uh clove thank you for coming on as always my friend chris my friend thank you as, as for coming on We'll have you back. You have an open invite. Anytime you want to come back, just let me know, and we'll get you a link for show. Um, guys, get out to the range. Be more proficient with your firearms. Uh, stay in tune what's going on with all your, your local, state, and federal in the two-way world. If your, re your elected representatives aren't doing their jobs, remember, 2024 is an election year. Uh, we can take care of that. Uh, more importantly, enjoy your freedoms of being American, one of which is to keep and bear arms. Go check out CloverTech. Go check out HRTTacticalGear.com. Go check out Jawas Hog Tactical. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Next week, we've got our good buddies from SDS Imports going to be coming on talking about all the cool uh, weapon systems that are coming from all of their companies. SDS, uh, the Mac. Five, the MP5 quotes coming out. They've got shotgun, a double stack. Shotgun, shotgun, shotgun. Uh, okay, so Clover here talks shotguns. Um, <laughs> they have they shotguns. some badass shotguns, too. So, uh, Mandatory Carry, $12 super chat. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Um, yep, appreciate you guys uh, for watching. If you're watching this in replay or listening to podcasts, thank you for lasting this long. We will see you guys uh, next week. Semper Fi.
Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We really do hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for supporting my channel, Ghost Tactical, and thank you for supporting our sponsors as well. Make sure you leave us a comment. Tell us what topic ideas you have, how good we're doing, how bad we're doing. More importantly, give us a good rating wherever you listen to this podcast. Make sure you check out all of our projects over on our website, ghosttactical.us. And thanks again for listening. Simplify.